0: Anybody want to take a stab, a a shot in the dark at what today's podcast episode is going to be on? Does, Does anybody, is anybody like on the edge of their seat wondering, I wonder what he's going to talk about? I wonder, I can't wait to hear what he has to say in the intro because I want to know what topics we're talking about. Is anybody on that level right now? Because nobody should. Nobody should be on that level. You all should know what's coming up. So I'm not going to mention the big thing that we got to talk about. Highlights, from, highlights the from the super mega, mega tapestry of history. Oh well, I gave it away right there, and it wasn't that big, and it wasn't that historic. But we're gonna go over that. Uh, Bernie Sanders said something uh, in a positive light against Gary Johnson, and I want to cover it because up till now Bernie's been really taking me off. So we're gonna go over that. And we have other news to cover too. So get ready. This is. No, I need special effects. This is FritzCast. Greetings, podcast listeners from near and far. It is the FritzCast, and it is Monday, October 3rd, 2016. Just take a moment right there, take a minute, and realize... That it is October It's October 2016 There's only November and December left folks And that's it Then it'll be another year in the books It'll be 2017 And either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton will be president Think about the implications people Because you didn't think about those implications During the summer None of you did And there were options people there was Rand Paul, okay. There was, there was, there was Ben Carson. There, there was, there was Chris Christie of all people. All right, fat guy scarfing down M and M's, causing bridge scandals in New Jersey. You could have voted for that. You could have voted for Martin O'Malley, the whitest white guy that ever was white, and a Democrat. And remember Jim Webb? Jim Webb was running. I don't know why. I don't know how. But Jim Webb was running. He was in this race for, like, maybe all of one Democratic primary debate. All right. So, okay, I'm actually, I'm finished scalding you. It was a joke scald. It was a (laughs) funny, funny joke scald. How's everybody doing? Uh, This week, uh, let's see, last week, what did I do? Saturday. Yeah, I went to uh, Joe Rogan, stand-up, funny guy, funny man. Laughed my butt off The tickets, uh, the seats were amazing Not not front row, not first five rows or first ten rows or anything But where our seats were, we were dead center in front of the center of the stage And it was a great time uh, He had a great, uh, Joe Rogan had a great opener Unfortunately I can't think of his name And that's not a knock on that guy It's not, he was funny I just don't remember his name I'm terrible at that sometimes. So, that was funny. And then what, what the the rest of the week last week was kind of hectic. I School right now, I kind of hate it. I probably explained it before. I'm done all my required classes. Like, everything I'm doing right now is electives. And I have this block, and it looks like I only have next block to finish. It looks like when I finish next block, I'll have all the credits I need to get my Bachelors degree, or Bachelors, for those of you who like to mispronounce things. So, I'll have it. Probably, well, i have it, let's see. I'm on week five, six, seven, eight. So, that'll be the end of October. I'll start in November. And that'll be, let's see, November. It'll be like December, January is when I should have it. Unless I've miscalculated some stuff, and I might have. Uh, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. So we'll see what, we'll see what comes of it. But I'm all on electives, so I have to pick these classes. I have to pick from a laundry list of classes, and none of them are required. They're all elective, and you would think, oh, well, that's easy. Just find stuff that you like. Nope, it's not easy. It's just harder. And what's even harder is you know you're almost done, but you have no motivation to do these classes. You're just sitting there like, I need these requirements. So, you know, if I pass with a D plus, I could care less. I don't care what my GPA is at this point. I just want it done. Give me the damn degree. It's a little aggravating, sure. Just a little bit. But it is what it is. I did catch, you know what, let's talk TV for a minute here. Uh, Of course, this past week, there was no Eagles game by week, so I can't talk about how great the the Philadelphia Eagles or Carson Wentz are, aside from saying that they are awesome. Uh, Designated survivor, anybody? Designated survivor, Kiefer Sutherland. Going to do, here's the prediction, it's going to do way better than Fox's 24 continuation, which does not have Jack Bauer or Kiefer Sutherland featured. Whatsoever I don't like the idea of a new 24 Without it being Jack Bauer I don't like trying to bring in a new character And stick that same format That is Jack Bauer's format Okay That's what that show was That show wasn't about All the other crap going on It was about Jack Bauer And here you are trying to continue it Without Jack Bauer Crazy but Designated Survivor started off pretty damn impressive And I'm looking forward to seeing where this show goes So check it out And by the way, Designated Survivor The, the Designated Survivor is a real thing It's an actual, factual practice of uh, our government So, you know, it's an interesting angle and aspect If you ask me, but I'm not everybody That pretty much sums up the last week, I would say. I had one crazy overtime, but I'm not, you know, I can't... I'm not permitted to talk about that stuff. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. So, not exactly. Not exactly. Uh, Disclaimer, I wouldn't have to kill you. And I wouldn't. Uh, This is what PC America, right? So, I would never kill anybody unless it was in self-defense. How about that? Yes. so Monday... Was of course uh, our uh, epic. Wh- how? What's the way that we call it around here? The, the debate, the debate of, the of the century. Yeah, that it was. Uh, it was the Monday night showdown between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, America's two most loathed presidential candidates in history. You know, people were watching this debate not for not for really seeing a. Uh, these two actually debate. They were watching to see what insults would get thrown around. Uh, half the people were tuning in to see if Hillary Clinton would pass out in the middle of the debate. Things, things like that. That's what people were watching this debate for. They weren't watching it for the substance, uh, for trying to help decide who they're going to vote for or solidify their decision. They were watching for something ridiculous is what they were watching for. Wall Street Journal reports that, uh, let me uh, it's uh, quote the article, presidential debate sets viewership record, subtext, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton scored huge live TV audience with 84 million viewers. Now, would you like some number comparisons for that? Probably not. You probably think they're boring, but we're going to tackle them anyway. Uh, Those ratings surpassed the record held by the sole debate in 1980 between Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan, which drew 80.6 million viewers. The 92 debates between Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush, and Ross Perot, the last time debates were fair. What? Who said that? I don't know. 69.9 million for that debate, and the first debate between Barack Obama and Mitt Romney four years ago, four years ago, pulled 67.2 million viewers. They even have a statistical breakdown of the networks of who is watching on which network, and I don't understand that. I don't understand. Like, who cares what network you were watching it on? NBC carried it, ABC carried it, CBS carried it, Fox carried it. Uh, it was probably streaming online. It was on MSNBC. Uh, all, all this bullcrap, but who cares about who was watching it on what? It was it beat out. Um, It it beat out Monday Night Football, uh, which was a blowout, which was some high-scoring affair uh, game that typically you would expect to have a nice big turnout for it. Uh, There was live streams uh, over Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. uh, 55 million views of debate-related Facebook Live videos. 18.6 18.6 million people in the. US. generated 73 point8 million likes, post comments, and shares about the debate. So everybody was debate crazy, but as I said, it wasn't for anything of substance. Was it? America was tuning in for the freak show. That's what, that's what America was tuning into. So uh, anyway, I have these highlights from the debate, so let, let, let's just uh, let's give them a listen real quick. Oh, oh, crap, I'm sorry. Those are screaming goat compilations. I mean, that's what I... Th- I I'm telling you, m- more than half the time during this debate, this is how I was feeling. Ah! I mean, straight-up aggravation. If you follow me on Facebook, I did a couple of live video interjections where I talked about it. Uh, it doesn't work out so hot when there's no commercial breaks. 90 minutes and there wasn't a goddamn commercial break. How do you pull that off? I'm serious. I, there was times where I was like, I didn't mind getting up and going to the bathroom. But it was just, can we have a pause? Can I actually discuss some of what's going on with somebody, please? Huh. Let me take a step back, though. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a terrible. It wasn't a terrible debate. Uh, honestly, the first thing I want to point out is that for about the first half hour, I would say Donald Trump actually fared rather well in this debate for the first half hour. After that, sank like the Titanic, and that's a bad analogy because the Titanic took three hours to sink, and it only took Donald Trump after 30 minutes to sink. So, let's scrap that analogy. Let's say, let's imagine I didn't even say it. But after the first half hour, it really went downhill fast. Uh, One of the things that stood out to me almost immediately is when Hillary Clinton said, I have fact checkers on my website, so go on my website and you can see all the facts. Um, Not to be one to argue against um, impartiality, but um, I I don't see your fact-checkers on your Hillary Clinton website as being, I don't know, uh, the most reliable sources ever. I, it would be different if Hillary Clinton said, you know what, there's these networks that are fact-checking the debate that are third-party people, they're, they're fact-checking everything that's going to be said. Check them out, you know. Follow along while we debate, and you'll see who's telling the truth and not. If Hillary Clinton had said that, she would have scored some points. But no, she said go to my website, and I have fact-checkers going after it. So, sorry. I don't buy that bullcrap. I, I really, I do not. Negative points for you. Minus 100 points from Gryffindor uh, because of Hillary Clinton. Period. The end. And I think Donald Trump may have may have fared well in that first bit because it was about the economy and it was about money, and uh, you know all that all that jazz was uh, was in there at the beginning. And maybe that's why he held his composure. Maybe he held his composure because you know uh, during the Republican debates he didn't have to speak much longer than maybe uh, a combined total of fifteen to twenty minutes in any given Republican debate. And this one he had to go full on split the ninety minutes practically in half uh with Hillary Clinton. And he was kind of condescending like from the get go, he was like, Secretary Clinton, you mind if I call you that? I wanna make you I wanna make you happy. I wanna make you happy. What? I don't I don't I don't get that. I really don't get that. And Lester Holt as moderator, I just wanna give you, you know, Donald Trump Immediately following the debate was asked how he felt it went. And he said, it did well, uh, it went well, Lester's a good guy. And Lester did a good job. That's what Donald Trump said. Almost immediately following the debate. He also said, uh, in that same sequence, they asked him, So, did you admit to not paying your taxes? You you said you, you're a smart guy for not paying your taxes. And he said, I never said that. I never said that. Well, you did, but... It's whatever Okay, so he went from saying it was a great debate To the very next day on the news He's asked, you know, again, how was the debate? He goes, ah, oh, you know, it was, it was a C-plus affair C-plus, not bad well, Apparently C-plus isn't bad I would say that's, you know Right about average But maybe that's just me I don't know his grading scale I don't really know how he how, how that works out for him and then he goes on to say, well, Lester was terrible. Lester just didn't have any control. Lester didn't even know what he was doing. Typical liberal media. Typical. Just, just typical of it all. And you know what? Donald's kind of right. Lester didn't have control over Donald Trump's rantings or over Hillary Clinton's rantings. He didn't. Lester Holt did, I would say, poor to fair Handling that debate, poor affair. He had no control. Like at first, he did, and then that control just got lost. I'm. Not, I don't want to talk about how many times uh, Hillary Clinton was uh, supposedly interrupted by either, uh, and I don't want to go into like conspiracy theories about if Hillary Clinton was wearing a wire because it's just it's ridiculous. Really, attack her on attack her on a good level, not on a conspiratorial level, please. For the love of God. And anybody saying... This was the best part. the The analysis on who won this debate. Every analysis I've seen... Anybody's asked me for my comments... And I've said it straight up. Everybody lost. Everybody lost. We all... We all lost. No matter who won that debate... We all lost. Because these are... These are the two main choices, people. These are the two main choices. Now, people who say Donald Trump came out a winner, the, the, the Republican voters, the, the conservative voters, so to speak, I, Trump really baffles me over this uh, stop and frisk thing. He keeps mentioning stop and frisk and talking about how successful it was, which it wasn't. It wasn't successful at all. And I love when you talk about stop and frisk, like, because there's some people out there who will say, "Well, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about." It's 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 the precedent of the fact that we're a free society, and you're a law you're a law abiding you know citizen. I don't know anybody. I don't I don't know any sane person who is just a okay with stop and frisk. Like, you know what? I don't mind if the cops grab my junk. I really don't. They can pat me down all the livelong day. I'm a correctional employee. Okay, I pat people down. It's not it, It's so second nature to me you know, doing that task that it doesn't bother me patting somebody down, but that's in a prison environment that in, in, in a prison environment, you give up or if, if you're committed to prison, you don't have all your constitutional rights, and we it's our job to to do these searches all the time. To make sure that contraband isn't flowing through the facility. It's also a reiteration of who's in charge in the building. But when we're talking about on the street and you're just a citizen, what did the cops, to me, don't have any right to come up to you and tell you, you know, I'm going to pat you down. For what? Well, it's just a random routine pat-down. Just got to do it. Got to pick random people, pat them down. Make sure they don't have anything bad on them. Guys... If you're okay with that, you haven't read the constitution. You don't grasp and understand the constitution if if you're okay with that. If you're doing that, oh, if you have nothing to hide, business, that's bull crap. We're not talking about like getting on a plane and by the way, I still think I I'll still argue against the TSA and the and the super micro, you know, micro managed security there. I'll still argue against that. But you know, at least you're purchasing a, a plane ticket and you're going on something and we've had you know, a bad incident in 9/11 that happened, like there's some justification. there's at least some justification to it. I don't agree with it and now you can even pay and get this pre-screening stuff done and skip the lines and skip all that hassle nonsense anyway, uh, because it's it's routinely proved inefficient and They've failed so many tests, it's not even funny. But I'm talking like you know, imagine if you're saying, Well, if you have nothing to hide, imagine a cop knocks on your door and they don't need a warrant, they don't need to tell you what they're looking for, they just knock on the door and say, Hey, it's it's a routine search of a house. We're just just routine, making sure you don't have anything illegal. Yes, it's easy to say, Well, <laughs> if you have nothing to hide, it's there's privacy. There's the fact that you're a law-abiding citizen. There's the fact that you're not even suspected of a crime, they're just, they're just they're just looking. That's what stop and frisk is. You're not. You don't even have to be. there has to be no reasoning for stopping you and frisking. You know, doing a frisk search. What's the point in it? Where there there's no constant. It's been ruled unconstitutional, and Trump tried to argue against that. Uh with Lester Holt at the debate, he tried to argue against the fact that it was deemed unconstitutional. That's just a fact. That's not something that you can argue once it's been deemed unconstitutional. You really can't argue the point anymore. You have a Fourth Amendment right, the right to be secured in your house and your person and not subject to illegal searches without warrant without some kind of you know suspected you know probable cause, something. Okay, I do it in prison, but it's a prison environment. You lose some of those rights. That's a controlled environment filled with suspicious characters who have already been sensed. It's not the general public. You know, your phone should be private, your email should be private, your internet browsing history should be private. Your text messages should be private. Your phone calls should be private. All that gets you know, all that gets lumped into one big thing, and, and you have to step back and look at it from that perspective. I don't have anything to hide, but that doesn't mean that I want the cops to beat on my door and just invite them in and say, yeah, tear up my stuff. Look for whatever, look for anything illegal. Go ahead. You know, I don't want that. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want a government that says, hand over your phone right now and we're going to look at everything on it, or one that does it behind your back in secret. I don't like that because you have some level of privacy. You have some level of not having that intrusion on you or your life or your loved one's lives, whatever the case may be, you have rights against that. I'm not down with that power. And when Donald Trump gets up there and says that, makes me a little scared of him. makes me a little scared of him because this is contrary to the Donald Trump. It's contrary to conservative principles. It's contrary to a lot of things and Donald Trump has said in the past that he can be a political chameleon and he can he can adapt and take what he wants and so he picked up this st- stop and frisk thing to try to appease the people who are you know a little anti-gun that's what he was doing well we'll stop them frisk them and frisk them and take the gun or find the gun we'll find it on them stop and frisk it works it's great doesn't work it's not great and at the end of the day you know it's not it's not good it's not good, and at the end of the day, at the end of this debate, they're literally like ultimately there was no answers, there was no answers. Let me give you some feedback. I asked for people for some feedback on my Facebook, and I want to give it to you all right my one buddy uh kevin i'll 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 exclude last names, but my buddy Kevin, I used to work with him uh he said, you know. He said, quote, you know, these are scripted debates in which both parties approve and prepare in advance, and they they both sounded like blathering idiots embarrassing and disgraceful that the best choices we could come up with is a mutant criminal and a narcissistic man-child who only says what he thinks the masses want to hear. There are bigger issues than what any word... That comes out of either of those degenerates' mouths, like how cops are now criminals, criminals are now martyrs and heroes, media's brainwashing, national debt, public schools, drugs, and on and on, and rant for now. Couldn't agree with him more. My friend Sharon, who uh, I've gotten into a couple back-and-forth political discourses with, if you will. Uh, She states, you know, they continue to ask the same questions every time. I'm not learning anything other than Trump thinks not paying taxes makes him smart or that showing his tax returns is negotiable. I want to hear how a Clinton and Trump administration would be different or the same than an Obama administration in regards to whistleblowers. Clinton dodged this question in the primary debates, whereas O'Malley and Sanders talked about our poor treatment of whistleblowers and releasing people like Chelsea Manning. I know Johnson and Steen are for releasing whistleblowers, but I have no idea how Trump or Clinton feel. Well, I have an idea. But in general, I don't give a crap about Hillary's emails unless she's unless she will continue Obama's hostility towards those patriots. I want Johnson and Steen up there because Steen will hit Clinton on policies that I have a hard time wanting to vote for her on. And if she answers them well, it will give me more confidence. Cause because right now, I'm mostly Clinton, but I can go Steen as easily. Clinton talked about leading the way on renewable energy. How? Germany's kicking our butts right now. I need specifics on that or else it's a big lie. Trump has no policy. He hasn't gone out of his way to learn about being president. Get him off this dang stage and put Johnson and Steen on. Also, because the libertarian debates had John McAfee, they had better question on cybersecurity and how to deal with it. Uh, the questions on Monday about cybersecurity were a joke and do not make me feel safe. The next president has to think about where we stand with our cybersecurity, which is a lot more fragile than our national and foreign security. couple of things I want to point out. Uh, national security, uh, well, cybersecurity. I absolutely agree with her comments on this. Think about cybersecurity. Our national security, we spend... More than the next like eight or nine nations combined on our military. And if people want to say that the military doesn't need cuts, uh, it most certainly does. It's so gigantic and so huge and so hemorrhaging. And we talk about how it needs this same amount of money and then more. We're not... Let's pull out of being actively at war. Let's pull out of all this massive spending on this stuff. Because we do not need to spend nearly as much money on the military as we do. We're, we, we're the top. We are the top military in the nation. Or, in the nation. In the whole world. We have the top army in the entire world. We have the top training. We, we, we are the top dog. And knocking us down is going to be hard for anybody. That doesn't mean that we ignore it completely or cut it entirely, but we can definitely reduce the size of that budget and not be uh, taking any hits whatsoever. And if anybody believes the opposite, I mean, really, get online and start analyzing these finances. Really do it because we can keep spending like that, and I guess that's fine, but then we're going to have nothing else we're going to have nothing else. We'll just have really good defense and nothing else. It's time to really analyze that and start crunching the money and you know, I was talking with somebody at work about this too, you know, getting the war machine started if you really need to go to war, like beefing up spending for the military and and being prepared and self def- being prepared for defense and all that. It's fairly easy. Around here in America, they proved it uh, a couple times over already That if we need to spur the war effort, we can spur the war effort But as far as it's making money for us, it's not It's causing a lot of havoc, It's it's causing a lot of death, destruction And problems around the world, so it's time to start scaling back Do we really need standing soldiers in almost every nation on the face of the earth? No, we don't Do we need military bases on almost every nation on the face of the earth? No, we don't Cybersecurity is the next warfront. If anybody, cybersecurity is the next warfront. How can it not be? The next warfare is not going to be bombs. It's going to be economically, and it's going to be through cybersecurity. Because all it takes is, is hackers to go into computers and, and drain bank accounts, wire money. Delete it entirely. Dig up the scandals even. Hillary Clinton, something comes out on Hillary Clinton like every other week from WikiLeaks, from Julian Assange Why? Because it's there, people can access the information and it doesn't go away. It sits there. It's a it's a it's a it's a uh, it's not a carbon footprint, but it's a it's a digital fingerprint. It's there. It's it can be accessed. Okay, we don't want to hear these two talking up on the the debate stage. We don't want to hear them up there talking about the cyber. That's how they refer to it, the cyber. What? What's the cyber? Please explain to me what the cyber is. Cybersecurity is a big freaking deal. Especially when everything, everything is tied to the World Wide Web. Okay, this is literally like think I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Terminator, the Terminator series, but as technology has advanced and they pump out different Terminator movies, the last one was Genesis, very well maybe the last Terminator movie ever made. Thank God and or that's really sad depending on who you are. But in Terminator Genesis, it was all the the, the Skynet had switched from being a computer system to being an app called genesis that seamlessly linked everybody's everything together think apple think the cloud so skynet seemingly gets connected into over a billion people's lives and then when it takes over it has control of everything well you don't think cyber warfare you don't think you don't believe in in cyber warfare you don't believe that all it's going to take is for A-Nation, look, I'm not not even going to play devil's advocate and put out nations there. We'll just leave it to A-Nation. You don't think a nation out there won't try to hack into the defense grid that way, won't try to hack into the national finances, won't try to hack into weapons control? I mean, they might not even do anything with it. just the fact that they could control the weapons. Cybersecurity definitely needs a focus. And it was funny hearing Hillary Clinton talk about cybersecurity just because I'm like, you made a private email server, doesn't understand, didn't understand what the designation symbol for classified was. And you're wondering why it's not a, you know, you're wondering why everybody's treating it like a big deal. Because it is a big deal. All right, I even had my sister uh, Patty comment on it. She said it was entertaining. Gary Johnson should have been included. I didn't appreciate how Hillary twisted Trump's words when talking about black and Hispanic communities. Uh, other than that, it was a complete waste of 90 minutes. No one said anything we haven't heard repeatedly, and should be noted that Hillary used her 11-hour testimony as a sign of how good her stamina is. Yeah, I don't think a woman that was in that position should be bragging about it, but that's just me. And that's kind of true. She did brag about it. She's like, well, if you're worried about my stamina, I did uh, I did make it through 11-hour testimony about how I used a private email server. Oh, Okay. So, I mean, if you sat through all 90 minutes and didn't at some point find yourself grabbing hair and pulling it out of your head, or screaming at your TV, or drinking, either either combination, it could have been either one or. Uh, I was drinking. I had some Apothic Inferno. Sidebar. If you want a really good wine. I, I'm not a wine drinker. Never really tried wine before. Bought Apothic Inferno because it's wine that they age in whiskey barrels, and I love whiskey. Well, I love this stuff. Uh, it is a very, very dark red wine uh, and it is very good. It is very good. pour it in a glass sip it. It is good. and I enjoyed it and it made the debate kind of like it took an edge off me just just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, but if you watch this ninety minute affair and you're still like thinking, you know what? I'm glad the third party candidates were excluded. I'm glad they weren't on that on that debate stage. really? I mean really. Gary Johnson, there's no reason Gary Johnson and Ollie, even Jill Stein. There's no reason they shouldn't have been up on that on that stage. And there would have been a great deal of substance added to it if they were. Because half of this was was Trump bickering and and even Hillary bickering back and forth like like giant babies. It was sad. Speaking of Gary Johnson Yes I caught the MSNBC Hardball Chris Matthews Town Hall In which Gary Johnson said I'm having an Aleppo moment I can't think of I I can't name one international leader that I like Alright Let's 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 have a heart to heart here people I am a little discouraged by the fact that he can't uh, Pull an international leader Out of his butt I am Uh he did have a good rebuttal. He, he said, why does it matter if you can cross the T's and dot the I's and name names if the foreign policy so far has been, yeah, drone bombings, yeah, you know, let's kill children and bomb hospitals uh, by accident or whatever. Like, he has a point. Why, why does that matter in the foreign policy when he wants to scale back war, find more diplomacy, and have other nations involved and not just be not just have America be the decision-maker or at the forefront of everything. But come on, Gary! You couldn't come up with just one, one international leader. And it didn't even have to be like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it didn't have to be one that you really like, either. It could have just been like, you know what, I really like how, you could have said, I liked how uh, Francois Hollande responded to the parachuting he came out he was stern uh he was sympathetic he was sympathetic to to the nation to what had happened but he was stern in standing up against terrorism and saying that they were going to find a way to bring it to justice you know if you had said that then you're fine but no you had to sit there in blank and and say well the 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 former vice president or the the former president of mexico Vicente fox why the only reason Johnson said Vincente Fox is because Weld, first off, threw the name Vincente Fox out there. But then the only reason he said it is because Vincente Fox is the one who has gone on repeatedly on the news to say, We're not going to build that effing wall. That's why he said, that's why. He's like, oh, he stood up to Trump, so he's my favorite. Whatever. Come on, Gary. Get. Come on. You say you've been laying off the pot, but now I'm not sure. And for the record, Bill Weld said. I believe Bill Weld said uh, Merkel is his favorite. Merkel, 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 Merkel. All that being said, I, that doesn't lessen my uh, chances of voting for Gary Johnson, uh, because I believe it's more the home front that's that's the problems right now that need to be addressed, and not the international front. Take care of home first, then take care of international. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's the right way to go about things. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now in all this madness, Tuesday, tomorrow night, is the vice presidential debate, the sole vice presidential debate that there will be this year. I don't... uh, Something tells... Something in my head thought that there was more than one vice presidential debate in the past. I thought Paul Ryan debated uh, uh, Joe Biden more than once, but I could be wrong. Either way, uh, I'm not I'm going to watch the vice presidential debate. It is uh, it's not going to be enthusiastically. I can tell you exactly how this vice depres- this vice presidential debate is going to go. It's not really going to be on policies or anything else. It's going to be hey, it's going to be Tim Kaine justify your candidate your your lead ticket candidate uh, Hillary Clinton. Hey, Pence, tell us why Trump is in a, is in a big old nutbag full of uh insane ideas. That's how the president. That's how the vice presidential debate is going to go. Really, really. I'm looking at. I'm looking over some news stories about how they're d- preparing for it and all that. In all honesty, when was the last time a vice presidential debate decided uh, for you uh, your vote for president? I can tell you, for me, it made me vote against John McCain. Look, I'm coming out with the confessions, right? It made me vote against John McCain because I said, "You know what? If we vote John McCain in, he's going to die and we're going to have President Sarah Palin and that's just that's not going to work. That's not going to that's not going to be okay. That's not going to be okay. Nope. So, I didn't vote and uh, I took that into consideration. I took that into consideration for that election. I did. I said McCain's just not going to work cuz he's going to get the presidency die and it's going to be it's going to be Sarah Palin. That's the last time I remember being concerned about a vice presidential candidate. Probably we should be a, a lot more concerned about a vice presidential candidate. But yeah, is this debate coming up Tuesday going to be of substance? Sincerely doubt it. Sincerely doubt it. Gonna watch anyway. Hopefully, it goes better than last Monday did. Finally, Bernie Sanders is is pissing me off a little bit less. He's still pissing me off. I don't uh, I don't understand why am I pissing you off? I, all I said was that uh, you should vote uh, for Secretary Clinton. Yeah, I was a, you know Bernie. Thanks for coming on the show again. Appreciate having you here. It's always good to have uh your input as a in, it's an independent now, right? Yes, uh independent status uh back again, back at it again. Why did you why did you drop the the Democrat stuff? Well, you know, uh I was just doing that for running for president uh and you know now, you know now it's uh Sec- Secretary Clinton. Yeah, I know, but you I mean, you're supporting her. And you, you still say the Democratic? I don't. That's what I'm saying, sir. I don't understand. Uh, look. Uh, you know, I work. Uh, I work with what I got. And uh, you know, all I'm saying is, do you really want the uh uh president? The uh, you know Donald Trump. I I mean I don't, but I'm not voting for for Hillary. Well, that that kind of sucks because uh if you vote for anybody else, it's uh it's really a really a vote for Trump. Uh um how do you figure? Well, because you know uh you know this is not a time for a, a protest vote. Uh this is the time to realize that uh, uh we need to keep the presidency uh, away uh from Donald Trump. Uh I can't think of a, a worse uh a worse candidate uh for president i i can think of one you were kind of you you said you had sincere doubts about uh hillary clinton and a president i you know i did and uh you know uh me and jane have uh talked a lot about it and uh uh she's uh i'm i'm with her believe it or not you i mean for real though yes yes for real and uh You know, voting uh, for Jill Stein, uh, it's just not not viable. Just not going to... A vote for Jill Stein is a vote for uh, Donald Trump. I, You know, I would say that a vote for Jill Stein is uh, the polar opposite of a vote for Donald Trump. That's my argument. I don't, uh, you know, prove it. Back it up. Back it up why don't you back up your support of Hillary Clinton? I could pull out a, a dozen of audio clips that I've played in the past shows about how you said that Clinton's not qualified, that you don't believe her, that she'd have to do a lot of key things to, to get your your vote and your respect, and then all of a sudden... You, I mean, you said you were going to take a, vite, a fight to the Democratic convention. You were going to fight on the Democratic floor, you said. And then all of a sudden, it's like a flip switched, and you were just like, oh, you know what? The... Uh, feel the burn it all belongs to secretary clinton and everybody's gonna vote that way that's that's not what i did that's not what i did and uh i i think it's time to uh abruptly end this interview why i'm just i'm asking a simple question well you're a little bit hostile and i'm starting to think that uh you want donald trump to win uh, I'm pretty sure I've vehemently spoke out against Donald Trump and said i'm not voting for him oh so you're uh you're voting for uh Hillary then you're with her N- no sir i'm voting for i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for Gary johnson i think well i, I mean a vote for Gary Johnson is pretty much just a vote for donald Trump okay can I get your logic on that well maybe because uh, uh you, you can't win so how is my vote a vote for Donald Trump, though? It's definitely going to get registered under Gary Johnson. And it's definitely going to get registered under the I don't want either of these two, you know. Uh, you know, I'm done. I can't explain it to you. It's a, uh, it's so above your head, obviously, that uh, you just don't understand. So good day to you, sir. Okay. Well, good 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 day to you, Bernie. Good day to you. Now, I kid all this fun that I poke at Bernie Sanders. uh, This is on Yahoo News. Uh, Dylan Stableford posted it yesterday on October 2nd. Bernie Sanders, or title, Bernie Sanders, quote, if my supporters take a hard look at what Gary Johnson stands for, they won't vote for him. Uh, He said, this this was during CNN's State of the Union on Sunday. He said, quote, Look at his point of view on issues like the environment, on climate change, on the economy. And I think if any of the people who voted for me take a hard look at what he stands for, I think, and understand where he's coming from, they will not be supporting him. And you know what? Honestly speaking, he's right, because most of you people who back Bernie Sanders want more government involvement and stuff. We Gary Johnson folk, we want less government involvement and stuff. It, It always baffled my mind that Gary wants to appeal to the the hardcore millennial voters that uh fall more in line with uh you know other people that 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 fall more in line with uh with that more government thing i could go on and on about the arguments i mean i could i could cuz one of the things i'm reading here right now is uh you know let's see here um in response to leaked clinton ...tapes about how she was, you know, mocking Bernie Sanders supporters, sort of. Uh, he said, quote, what she was saying is absolutely correct. And that is, you've got millions of young people, many who took out loans in order to get to college... ...hoping to get out and get decent-paying good jobs. They're unable to do that. And yes, they do want a political revolution. They want to transform the society. They want to make sure that when they get out of school, they can get a job that pays them wages and salaries... Com- ...commensurate with the education they have. I think it's a very important point, and that is an issue that as a nation we have got to address. Except I'm under the belief of uh, what Gary Johnson says. Government doesn't create jobs. You go to school and get an education, you're taking a gamble getting a degree. You're not guaranteed a job from a degree. It's a competitive world, and you've got to go out there and sell yourself. And if you can't sell yourself, then you need to find a way to do it. You need to find a way to make yourself appealing to a company. That's just me. My whole thing is don't go to college expecting for things to be plotted out for you in life. Nothing is plotted out in life for you. But that's all I want to go into. I don't want to get into any more rants. I've gone on for 45, 46 minutes now. And I I got stuff I got to do today. I do. And I've talked way too much about debates. So, guys, check in to the vice presidential debate coming up tomorrow, although I'm... I'm telling you right now, my money is on it's just going to be Tim Kaine and Mike Pence arguing the case for their upper ticket candidates. For their respective presidential candidates. That's how I think it's going to be. It might have a little more substance, but I think it's mostly going to be defending, you know, Mike Pence. Can you defend Donald Trump and his ridiculous statements? Well, I think, you know, I think he's just a little bombastic. He doesn't stop and, and think about what he's saying. You know, and Tim Kaine it's going to be like, well, you know, She's Hillary, you know. I don't even like her. I, I don't know. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening this week, and uh, shout-out and thanks to everybody who listened last week. On SoundCloud alone, debate night, want to fight about it, last week's episode has 60 listens on SoundCloud. Alone. I don't know how many on Stitcher and iTunes, but 60 listens on SoundCloud within a week for me, that's a big deal. It usually takes... At least two weeks or three weeks to get up into the high higher number of listens. So thank you all. Like, share, comment, pass this along. Hit me up on Twitter at uh, at FritzQS or on the Facebook page Fritzcast. I'll see you all next week. We'll talk about the VP debate and more.